Well, hello, friends. I feel like we need a virtual high 10 to each other because we made it through 2020. We are so glad that you've made it a priority in 2021 to join with us in this time of worship. And no matter where you're joining us from, we are so grateful that we have this opportunity to connect in space with each other, to connect with Jesus, um, and just to settle into the truth that he has for us. You know, this past year, if it did anything, I think it showed a lot of us where some of our practices and rhythms that we've engaged in spiritually maybe didn't really hold up the way that we wanted them to. And so we've had the opportunity to, to really journey into um, new rhythms of life. And we anticipate that 2021 um, will give us opportunities to practice um, even more uh, new rhythms, new disciplines, um, just it'll hold new experiences for us. And I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that no matter what this new year holds for us, um, we don't go through it alone. Um, we have each other. We have Jesus, Emmanuel, uh, God with us. We have Holy Spirit with us, who is our guide, who is present with us, no matter what um, we might go through. You know, I hope that 2021, you're able to look at this year and you have a sense of expectancy, um, that you don't allow what has happened to shape the hope um, and the opportunity of what is always present with Jesus. And this is a truth that we believe firmly at Heritage, that with Jesus, the best is always yet to come. You know, as we as, as a team have prayed about what can we invite each other into in this coming year, um, we really felt like we wanted to make this invitation to our church family. And it's this, uh, to really be paying attention to our body, to our mind, to our spirit, and to each other in communal practices um, that we're gonna invite all of us. Each week, we'll settle into one of those practices, and we're gonna invite all of us in the, in the time that we have together in this moment of worship uh, to practice that, but also in, the, in each week. Uh, we'll have a rhythm that we invite you into. And so we'll be highlighting um, a body practice one week, a mind practice another, a spiritual practice, and then our fourth week will be a communal practice um, that we can participate in together. And so this week, I have the opportunity of shaping this, uh, kind of kicking this off by looking at a body practice. You know, when we think about our bodies, and it's important for us to to pay attention to our bodies and what our bodies are telling us. Um, I, I call this gentle noticing by looking at what's happening in my body and, and sitting with Holy Spirit and trying to understand what Holy Spirit might be trying to tell me about what's going on. You know, our hands are an important indicator of really our health, um, of our posture that we're going through in life. And so we're going to invite you this week to pay attention to your hands. You know, for some of us, we might find ourselves going through life with, with our fists clenched because we feel like the world is against us. And we maybe we, we go through life with our hands and we're clutching ourselves a lot because we're protecting ourselves. For others of us, it's just holding onto our phone and we're gripping that thing as though it is just our pacifier in life. And it is what is helping us keep it all together. And so I want to invite us as we prepare for this time of worship to just take a posture of opening our hands. And in that opening of our hands, we would have a posture of surrender 
a posture of acceptance to Holy Spirit working in our lives and through our lives. And then throughout this week, as you are spending time with God or maybe you're in a conversation, um, look at your hands and what's going on with your hands uh, to kind of tell you what's going on um, inside of you. And, and just try to keep opening your hands in a posture of surrender and acceptance to Holy Spirit working in your life and through your life. As we lean into a wonderful song of worship to kind of kick off our 2021 worship experience, um, we're going to sing a song about our coming King. Hebrews 12, 28 reminds us of this truth. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe. Let's worship together. Fling wide the doors, the King of Glory's coming. Through city streets and living hearts, we see Spirit moving. Now His kingdom comes. Now His will be done. Lift up your banners and practice your prayer. false God, 
they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Come on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. One, two, three, four. Lift up your banners and practice your prayer.
This week marks Epiphany, which is the celebration, the remembrance that the church has all over the world of when the wise men approach the child Jesus in worship. You see, these great kings from the East came to where Jesus was living and presented him with valuable, meaningful gifts. But one of the incredible things that happened there is while they presented him with their very best, they had an encounter with the King of Kings in the flesh. And it's a reminder for you and for me that Jesus came for all of us. And he came for all of us in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. As we approach this year and this week even, our invitation for you is to choose that posture that we learned about earlier, to choose an open-handed posture of prayer. And as we pray today, I'm going to invite you to identify some of your very best things, things that you would hold with an open hand and ask King Jesus to take and use for his honor and his glory in these things. And then I'll lead us in a moment where we ask God to place in our hands whatever he sees fit in this year knowing that he is king and he is good. So I invite you now, assume whatever posture of prayer is most meaningful to you with your hands open and your mind's eye, picture what it is that's the very best that you have. Would you now lay that before King Jesus? Ask him to use it for his honor and his glory in this year. And then with that same open-handed posture, ask him to go before you in this year and to place in your hands what he wants to use for his honor and his glory. Ask him to show you what it looks like to trust him, that he is king and he is good, to lead you in the way of faithfulness this year. As we conclude this time of prayer, we join with Christians all over the globe praying this prayer. You can join with me using the prayer on your screen. It's, Guide us on the path of salvation, O God, that the radiance and power of your Holy Spirit working in the world will gather together all peoples and all nations in one community to offer you worship and proclaim your splendor. Amen. Well, hey, friends, uh, I am so excited to be able to connect with you uh, on this day, this first weekend of the year 2021. And uh, I certainly hope that over the last couple of weeks, you've had great Christmas and New Year celebrations. I know that for many of us, those celebrations probably looked and felt different, but I trust that you felt the presence of the Lord in those different gatherings, smaller gatherings probably, and and that you were able to connect 
uh, with family. Uh, I'm guessing that many of you, and myself included, we were excited to sort of see the calendar flip from 2020 to 2021. And yet at the same time, we, we need to be honest that uh, going from December 31st to January 1st, that's just 24 hours. And so there's not a lot really that has changed. And, and we're still going to be dealing with some of the residue that's left over from 2020 and maybe even further back. And, and I don't want to downplay uh, in this moment the the importance and the, the power of a fresh start. We should leverage those moments. I try to leverage the new year and some of the motivations that come with, with dreaming about the future and setting new goals. And yet at the same time, I, I don't wanna put too much pressure or false expectation on a new year either because the problems and struggles that we've contended with over the last couple of months and year, they're still gonna be around. And so what we wanted to do, the, the Heritage Teaching Team, we felt really passionate about starting 2021 with a teaching series that, that would sort of help us move into the new year with purpose, with great tools to help us persevere and grow and learn, even in the midst of difficulty. So over the course of the month of January, we're going to be taking a closer look at the word grit and prayerfully considering what God would want to teach us through this idea of developing grit in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of the word grit, uh, for whatever reason, country Western movies come to my mind. John Wayne, you know, well, I'll tell you, Pilgrim, or Clint Eastwood, or, or you know, cowboys, or gunslinging horses, the Wild West. Those are the images that kind of come to my mind when I hear the word grit. But I, I actually don't think that's what we had in mind when we started to visualize this series together as a teaching team. It actually might be more helpful to go to the dictionary and look at the word grit and see what we can find there. The Oxford defines grit as courage or resolve, strength of character. Webster defines grit as a firmness of mind or spirit, unyielding courage in the face of hardship or danger. That is definitely getting closer to what we had in mind when we talked about grit. Now, I, there's a couple other things that you could think about when you think of, of like grittiness. You can think about like the, the grittiness of the road, a, a road that allows us to gain traction, to move forward in our lives and in our journeys. You can think of grit from the perspective of maybe like irritation that, that over time polishes us, that God can use those uncomfortable moments to polish us more and more into his image. And when we take the scriptures in mind, uh, this all becomes more relevant to us. This, this idea of grittiness is found throughout the entire scriptures, the, the various stories of Israel found in the Old Testament, stories of Abraham, Ruth, Joseph, Esther, Moses, Rahab, Joshua, David. All of these folks, uh, they, they exhibited great grittiness in their various contexts. Now, they were all wired different, and all their stories were different, so their grittiness showed up in different ways, but they all moved forward in the face of perhaps life-threatening situations. Definitely would take risks for the Lord. They weren't perfect, but they had grit. You move forward to the New Testament, and 
And the same call to courage, the same call to, to stand steadfast in the face of, of persecution, th- those things are there all the way through the New Testament. We see it modeled in the life of Jesus all the way to the cross where he gave his life for us. It's that same courageous and sacrificial cross-shaped life that the rest of the church is called to, to remain firm and steadfast even in the face of significant persecution. So I I really do think this idea of building grit in our lives is both important and it's incredibly timely to this place we are in in history. We we are going to have great opportunities over the next month to explore different facets, different angles of grit, to explore what grit looks like practically, and to explore really what cross-shaped grit might look like for you and for me. But for today's purposes, I want, to, I want to begin to focus on the way we think as it relates to grit, particularly as it relates to stepping out of an old year, stepping into a new year. And to do this, I want to make an initial framing statement that hopefully will set a trajectory for us today. And that statement is this, that I think that it's important that, that we understand that thinking about things in a healthy way is strongly connected to developing grit in our lives. There, there's a certain head game to all of this. There's a certain mental discipline that, that is needed to help us cultivate grit in our lives. I truly believe that how we choose to think about God, about others, about ourselves, about the world around us, uh, really about anything, that, that can make or break our ability to live with grit and courage. The scriptures speak to this the importance of evaluating our thoughts, the the importance of evaluating how we think about things, taking every thought captive. I even think of, of Paul in his letter to the Philippians where he writes, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Particularly coming out of 2020, this is solid advice. But I also think particularly on this first weekend of a new year, that it should be mentioned that there are, there, there's even a certain discipline that's needed in how we choose to interact with the past, how we choose to envision or imagine the future so that we can live with grit and courage and, and, uh, and, and perseverance in the present moment. So to help get us thinking about this, I would like to encourage us to take a look at a passage of scripture from the book of Isaiah. This is in the Old Testament, chapter 43. We'll be looking at a passage, the the verse 14 through 19 together. So if you have a copy of the scriptures or it's on your phone, feel free to turn there or click there. I'll read the majority of the passage over us and then we'll go back and reflect upon different pieces. Here is what Isaiah says. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already, I have already begun. Do you not see it? 
I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, this passage is so interesting to me. I, I think what God is really trying to do in this passage is to lead Israel into a proper mindset as it relates to time. Now, I'll unpack that in a moment, but first, let me give a little bit of context around this passage to help, help you understand what's going on. The Lord is speaking through his prophet Isaiah to Israel in the midst of what has been called the Babylonian captivity. Uh, this refers to a period of time when the people of Israel were deported and held as captives in Babylon. It was not a great time in their history. There wasn't a whole lot of joy attached to this. And this passage is meant to help them build hope as they think about and attempt to move into the future. So what we see in verses 14 through 17 is God promising deliverance. We see it, you know, I'll, I'll send Babylonians back in the ships they're so proud of. You know, there's, there's, that's, there's the st these statements of, of deliverance and that God wants to free them from this. But, but then he also does something, or he says something in this passage that really happens a lot throughout the Old Testament. God reminds them of Passover. God reminds them of how he freed them from Egypt. He reminds them of the Red Sea and the deliverance through the sea, the parting of the waters. It's, it's as if he's saying, I've done this deliverance thing before. You can trust me to do it again. But then we get to verse 18. And, and something is said here that I don't often see written in the Old Testament. And it's fascinating to me, and I don't want us to miss it. Maybe you've even caught on to this, but the very first statement in verse 18, but forget all of that, but forget all that. And then he goes on, it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now, if you're an Israelite reading or hearing these words, I suppose that it could have been a little bit confusing because typically God calls the Israelites to remember not to forget over and over in the Old Testament, Israel is called to remember. Festivals were established to help them remember. The, the, the corporate memory was actually a, a really crucial piece to Hebrew worship. So when I get to verse 18 and I see the statement, so forget all that, it's actually a bit jarring to me. And maybe it was for the original audience. All of this talk about deliverance and Passover, and then for God to simply say, Forget all that. That first statement in verse 18 should cause us to stop in our tracks and ask what in the world is going on here and what is God attempting to communicate to Israel? So I think what God's trying to say here, and it's actually a really important thing for us as it relates to, to building grit and moving forward in our lives, is, is to understand that the past should inform us but we cannot allow the past to trap us. The past can, should, should inform us, but we can't allow it to sort of paralyze us from moving forward. I, I think what God is trying to communicate here is don't be so focused on what I've already done for you way back in that moment in Exodus, that so focused on that, that you miss out on what I want to do right here and right now as we move into the future together. Now, I think as we consider this idea of 
not getting trapped by the past, there's actually kind of two sides to the coin that we should examine together. The first side of the coin is to simply say, I think some of us can get trapped by a positive experience in our past. Now, some of you are like, that's, that's weird. It, it is a bit counterintuitive. How can something positive that's happened in the past cause us to become trapped? Well, I, I see this in this story. All right, God has delivered Israel in the past. He wants to do it again. He, he doesn't want Israel to be so focused on past glory that they miss the opportunity to stay in step with him as he attempts to do something uh, significant in their journey now. I suppose that the people of Israel could simply, you know, maybe they were waiting around, waiting for God to do the same exact thing that he did when he delivered Egypt, when he delivered Israel from Egypt. Maybe they were expecting like 10 plagues, they were going to count it off on a wall, or, or maybe they were expecting another Passover event where they were going to kind of flee under the cover of night, or maybe they were looking for another parting of the Red Sea to get them to freedom. We don't really know for sure, but what I do know is this. Sometimes we can get trapped in a good and successful past, maybe waiting for God to do something exactly like he's done before, and we're just waiting for him to do that. And in our waiting, in our looking, in our fixation on that, we miss what he's actually trying to do. So we might be, just to use some, some Exodus language, we might be sitting around waiting for the waters to part in front of us, and we miss out on the big old helicopter behind us that God wants us to get in and fly us to freedom. Maybe we're sitting around waiting for manna to fall from heaven, but God has arranged a different way of sustenance, but we're looking up, waiting for this to, to rain down when God is trying to do something around us that we're missing out on. I think that this is incredibly important for us, particularly after coming out of a year like 2020. Now, 2020 is a year, let's just be honest, that will go down in history books. 50 years from now, when textbooks are written, history textbooks are written, 2020 will have its own chapter. It has been culture shaping and world changing. Entire industries have had to shift everything because of the events of this year. For some industries like theaters and, and restaurants, the shifting is going to just continue. And, and the truth is that the church has had to shift as well across the entire world. There's been, a, 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 there's been some shifting happening within the church. Now, here's, here's the reality. Many of us have deeply meaningful and nostalgic memories of how God has encountered us through the ministry of the church sometime in the past, sometime uh, in our past, our personal past. And many of those pathways have been altered or, or shifted or maybe even removed because of the events of this past year. And I think it can be really tempting to be so fixated on those familiar pathways coming back exactly like they used to be that we miss out on the something new that God has in store for us moving into the future. And so God's encouragement to Israel is the same encouragement that he would give to us I've done amazing things for you in the past, but listen, if it's trapping you, forget all that because I'm up to something new as we move together into a future. I've, I mentioned it before, but there, there is a flip side to this. There, some of us can be trapped in a positive past, but many of us find ourselves trapped in more of a negative 
past. And for Israel, in this particular situation, it's easy to see how they could get trapped by their immediate past. We're talking about exile. We're talking about captivity. We're talking about being ripped from your homeland by a dominant force. It would be easy to grow disillusioned or frustrated or angry or just slip into despair. And God uses this passage to spark imagination for the future. Remember what he says in verse 19, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. And in the same way, friends, you and I, we, we can get trapped by a negative past experience. Maybe there's a, a failure in your past that has caused you uh, to, to not take a risk stepping into the future. Maybe that failure is holding you back. Maybe there's a, a broken relationship in your past that, that broke your heart. And maybe there's betrayal or there's, there was deception or, or something that is preventing you from cultivating a new trusting relationship moving forward. Maybe for some of you, it's just simply that the residue of 2020 has splashed on you and you are entering this new year with deep hesitation. And I want you to know, friends, that if you are trapped by a difficult past, hear the word of the Lord. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. God will make a way through your confusion your failure, your sadness, your disappointment, God will make a way. See, I, I think that part of building grit in our lives is remembering and interacting with our past in a healthy way. We want to be informed by the past, but we don't want to be trapped there. We don't want the past to paralyze us, that, that God has things to teach us from the past, certainly, but he's always, always, always doing a new thing. He's always creating a pathway forward. There's this, uh, this great passage of scripture. Again, we're going to Philippians, the Apostle Paul. And this passage resonates deeply with this Isaiah 43 passage. Listen to this. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Oh, friends, what a great word for us on this first weekend of 2021. And there is a grittiness about this verse, isn't there? Right? Let's be untangled by the past. We press we press on, we press forward. We're gonna finish the race that we're called to. We keep moving, we keep pumping our legs. We keep imagining a better future. And truly, imagination is one of those ways that we develop grit, specifically how disciplined we can be with our imagination. I've heard it said that worry is a misuse of imagination. And I agree with that. I struggle with that. And so I think what we need to do is ask Holy Spirit to give us a holy imagination for the future. I need this. Otherwise, my imagination can run to some worry-filled and fear-filled places. I need God's help in this. We need to ask God to bring us into a holy imagination. I really do feel like this could be one of the best uses of our time right now to imagine a 2021 through a Jesus lens and to ask him to change our ability to think about the future. It isn't 
a pie in the sky type of a thing. We're not ignoring pain or struggle. We're simply trying to imagine how through our pain, how through our struggle, how through our loss, God is able to weave redemption and beauty and goodness. I think this is so important as we lean into the beginnings of 2021, this vision for the future that will empower us to just keep leaning forward, to keep living with grit and endurance. So friends, I wanna invite you over the course of the next four weeks to just lean in as we examine these different facets and angles of grit together, as we build our grit muscles together as a body of believers. It's gonna be a great, great journey. Now, as we start the year 2021, I can say without any hesitation or doubt in my mind, It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your life circumstances. It doesn't matter what you went through in 2020. None of that changes the fact that God has a beautiful future imagined for you. And he's inviting you to imagine that future with him and then to step with him with great courage and resolve into that which he is calling you. If I've learned anything from 2020, and hopefully I've learned a lot, but if I've learned anything That's to say that I don't have any idea what 2021 is going to bring, but I hold on to this word from the Lord. I cling to this desperately from the Lord, where he says, if you find yourself trapped, forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Friends, I'm holding on to that word from the Lord for this new year, trusting in God's direction for the future and partnering with him to to be grown up with great courage and with grit. Let's pray together. God, we trust you. Help us to be disciplined in the way that we think about past, present, and future so that we live in the present moment fully aware of what you want to accomplish and fully empowered to take faithful risk with great resolve and with grit. Do something new in each of us, we pray. And Lord, we'd be honored if you would choose to to do something new through each of us in this new year as we trust in your power and follow your leading. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Father of kindness, you have poured our grace. Brought me out of darkness, you filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, you're my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help but sing.
promises of yesterday, man.
resurrection is living in me. The same glory, the same witness, his resurrection is living in me. I'm so grateful for the freedom and life that Jesus offers us. And you know, our prayer for you and your family, however you define that, is that 2021 would be a year where you step fully into the freedom and life that God has for you in ways that you might expect and in ways that you haven't even imagined yet. To that end, I want to introduce you to a couple of my friends. There are two of our family life pastors here at Heritage. It's Zach and Stephanie, and they are super passionate about helping you and your family connect with God and others in your purpose in meaningful ways. And so, Zach, I'd love for you to share with us some of the ways that families can take those steps in this year. Absolutely. So yeah, first off, I would say that families, we just want you to know that we love you and we are here for you. And we want to help resource you in any way that we can and help position you best as a family and in this new year. Uh, one of those ways is with our Grow app. We have a bunch of resources on there that would be very helpful to you. Uh, one of those is a grit resource that goes along with the series we're stepping into uh, even this, this weekend and has a bunch of stuff in there, even some mental health resources that could be beneficial to you as a parent, especially as a parent of a teen uh, who might be struggling with that coming out of this past year. Uh, but we are very expectant that these resources could be influential to you and your family and your kids or your teens um, with many of the things that you may be experiencing and looking forward to in this next year. Yeah, the Grow app is an incredible tool full of all kinds of great resources, practical ways for you to connect with your family. You don't have to be a parent. You can be somebody who's a grandparent or who has influence in the life of a child in your family. It is a great resource for you. We really encourage you to go ahead and get access to that, download it. There's information uh, at heritageqc.com. Stephanie, what are some other ways that families can connect in these days? Yeah, so one of um, ways, one of the ways that we have that we are so excited to provide to you is some services. So we have a Heritage Kids Family Service that you can see on our app and also on our website that comes out on Fridays. That is for kids who are birth all the way up through fifth grade. 
And then we also have our Heritage Students Ministries goes live on Sundays at 6.30. And you can find that also on YouTube and on Facebook. Yeah, and so Heritage Students Live, it's really fun. It's a great way for students to connect in real time, uh, virtually with um, with what's going on here at Heritage and then with their small group leaders and Heritage Family Services are a great way for you to gather the whole group and engage in meaningful worship. Those are really just a few of the things that we have for you to connect in in some great ways. So we really do encourage you to go to heritageqc.com and look at the different family life resources that are there that we hope will be meaningful and helpful for you in these days. While you're there, you'll find some opportunities to step into some virtual learning group environments that we're really excited to kick off later this month. One of them is a special conversation that's really geared around focusing families on thriving, asking the question, what would it look like if the decisions that you make and the opportunities that you step into were framed by understanding and knowing the values that God has implanted uniquely in you and your family? So you can define your family and explore your purpose together in really meaningful ways. You're going to want to check that out at heritageqc.com groups, and you'll find other opportunities there as well. In the meantime, know that we are continuing to pray for you. We're continuing to expect great things in these days, and we can't wait to see you soon in one of our environments. The God of heaven is speaking now. His word is tearing.